Coming up, the U.S. could be just 10 days away from a default on the nation's debt that could result in devastating economic consequences, where talks currently stand as the deadline looms. And another candidate enters the 2024 presidential race, officially launching his campaign today. The rundown starts now. This is Straight Arrow News, bringing you unbiased, straight facts. Thanks for joining us. I'm Kara Rucker. President Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy are back to the negotiating table this morning as Biden warns the U.S. could potentially be only 10 days away from a default on the nation's debt. The president has expressed optimism the two sides are close to making an agreement, speaking to McCarthy from Air Force One last night on his way back to the States from the G7 summit. McCarthy also commenting on the phone call, calling it productive. The House Speaker also meeting with White House negotiators over the weekend to try and reach a deal before deadline. The two sides are in opposition on where to cut back on government spending. The White House called for no increase in defense spending. Republicans argue defense is the one department more spending is necessary and are calling for cuts to other programs. We put forward a proposal to cut spending by more than a trillion dollars. On top of the nearly three trillion dollars in deficit reduction, that I previously proposed through the combination of spending cuts and new revenues. Now it's time for the other side to move their, from their extreme positions because much of what they've already proposed is simply, uh, quite frankly, unacceptable. Biden has also proposed a tax increase hike in order to generate more money for the government, something McCarthy strictly opposes. Some Democrats have called on the president to use the 14th Amendment to raise the debt ceiling to bypass McCarthy and Congress entirely. The president said he thinks he has the authority to do so, but maybe not in time to avoid a default. Brian Koberger, the man accused of killing four University of Idaho students, is scheduled to be arraigned in court today. A grand jury indicted Koberger on four counts of first-degree murder and one count of felony burglary. The charges will be read in court and Koberger will enter a plea, which is expected to be a not guilty plea. Prosecutors say Koberger stabbed four students to death after entering their home in the early morning hours of November 13th. If Koberger pleads not guilty, legal analysts say it could be six months or more before this case goes to trial. Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina is officially entering the GOP primary race for president. After making his run official with the Federal Election Commission last week, Scott will visit his hometown of North Charleston to launch his campaign. The GOP field is a growing one, with former United Nations Ambassador Nikki Haley, former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, and entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy all trying to find a way to stand out from leading candidate former President Donald Trump. Some reports have indicated Florida Governor Ron DeSantis will announce his presidential run sometime this week. Over the weekend, President Biden spent time with world leaders in Hiroshima, Japan, at the G7 summit, where President Volodymyr Zelensky made a late appearance seeking more support for Ukraine, which is what they received from its greatest financial backer in the war, Biden announcing a $375 million package of additional military aid. You know, and this morning, I once more shared and assured President Zelensky, together with all G7 members and our allies and partners around the world, that we will not waver. Putin will not break our resolve as he thought he could two years ago, almost three years ago. 
In the unveiling of the latest military help for Ukraine, Biden said the package will include ammunition, artillery, armored vehicles, and training for Ukrainian pilots on F-16 fighter jets. The U.S. has supplied more than $37 billion in aid to the country since the war with Russia began. Zelensky's appearance at the summit over the weekend comes at a complicated time as Russia claims victory over Bakhmut, home to the longest and bloodiest battle of the war. However, Ukraine is claiming Kyiv forces are still in control of portions of the city and are still making advancements to retake Bakhmut. While a guest at the G7 summit in Japan, Zelensky compared the battle in Bakhmut to the devastation in Hiroshima after it was hit by an atomic bomb in World War II. But you have to, to understand that there is nothing. They destroyed everything. There are no buildings. It's a pity, it's tragedy, but for, for today, Bakhmut is only in our hearts. There is nothing on this place. So, just ground and, and a lot of dead Russians. The U.S. is expanding its presence in the Pacific in the face of growing concerns about China's access and control in the region. Papua New Guinea has signed a defense pact with the United States, allowing U.S. forces to access its airfields and ports. We are deeply invested in the Indo-Pacific because our planet's future is being written here. And Papua New Guinea is playing a critical role in shaping that future. The agreement will also make it easy for PNG and U.S. forces to train together in new ways and in more places as part of our joint effort to uphold peace and security across the Indo-Pacific. This means the two nations will also be able to board each other's vessels, share technical expertise, and better patrol the seas together, according to Secretary of State Antony Blinken. Beijing previously made a secretive security pact with the Solomon Islands in the region, creating worry that a potential Chinese invasion of Taiwan could be complicated if China continues to expand its influence around the island. Facebook's parent company Meta has been fined a record $1.3 billion for violating European Union data protection rules. Meta has been ordered to stop transferring data collected from Facebook users in Europe to the United States. The data protection laws of the EU are forcing companies like Meta to store data within the country where it's collected, rather than allowing it to move freely to data centers around the world. Meta is expected to appeal, releasing a statement after the hefty fine was announced, saying they are unfairly being singled out for data sharing practices used by thousands of companies. These are your top stories. Thanks for watching The Rundown. We're on a mission to bring back trustworthy journalism by serving only you, not an agenda. Be sure to check out more of our work at straightarrownews.com. And you can also find the latest Rundown episodes available as a podcast across streaming platforms. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, I'm Kara Rucker. Have a great day.